0: Clinton here from the Comedy Forecast podcast, congratulating you on your obvious good taste. After all, you're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Well done.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Soul
0: Twin Audios Stories created solely with the vintage soul in mind.
1: Modern day era driving you up a wall. Time travel not likely in your future? Then follow me for a healthy offering of yesteryear with old time radio theater. Your remedy for unwanted 21st century pain.
0: The following episode was produced and directed by Rachel Pulliam, originally for the Sonic Society under a different company title.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended.
0: Well, this can't last. This misery can't last. I must remember that and try to control myself. I'm going home to Fred, my husband, and my family. Nothing lasts, really. Neither happiness nor despair. Not even life lasts very long. Someday, I'll be able to look back and say, quite peacefully and cheerfully, how silly I was. No. No, I don't want that time to come ever. I I want to remember. Every minute, always, always, to the end of my days. Fred,
1: what's the matter, dear?
0: Nothing. Yes, it's it's nothing, darling. What's wrong? Tell me, please. Really and truly, it, it's nothing. I'm just a little run down. That's all. I, I had a sort of fainting spell at the refreshment room at Milford. Oh, would you like to go to bed? No, Fred, really. No, no, I'll sit here by the fire.
1: All right, darling. Do you mind if I potter along with this crossword puzzle then?
0: Please go ahead. Would you mind if I played some music? Turn on the wireless?
1: Oh, do, by all means.
0: Poor Fred, dear Fred, I don't want you to be hurt. You're a happily married couple. You must never forget that. This this is my home. You're my husband and my, my children are upstairs in bed. I'm a happily married woman. Or I was until a few weeks ago. Oh, Fred, I, I've been so foolish. I, I've fallen in love. I, I'm an ordinary woman. I, I didn't think such violent things could happen to ordinary people. It all started on an ordinary day in the most ordinary place in the world. The refreshment room at Milford Junction. I was having a cup of tea and I looked up and saw a man come in from the platform. He turned and I saw his face. It was a rather nice face and then I gathered up my things and started out. Suddenly something got in my eye. It was a Terrible nuisance! It really did bother me, and then, and then, he was there.
1: May I help you?
0: Oh, oh, thank you. it, it, it it's only something in my eye.
1: Oh, let me look, please. I happen to be a doctor.
0: Oh, it, it's very kind of you.
1: Turn round to the light, please. Now look up. Now look down. <sighs> No, keep still. Ah, I see it. There.
0: Oh, what a relief. It was agonizing.
1: Hmm. Looks like a bit of grit.
0: Yes, yes, it was when the express went through. Oh, thank you very much indeed.
1: The train now arriving on Platform 3 for Charlie, Green, and Manchester.
0: (laughs) Lucky for me that you happened to be there.
1: Anybody could have done it.
0: never mind. You did, and I'm really most grateful.
1: Well, (laughs) there's my train. I must go. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. That's how it all began. Just through me getting a, a little piece of grit in my eye. I completely forgot the whole incident. At least, I thought that I had. But the next Thursday, I met him again.
1: Oh, good morning.
0: Oh, good morning.
1: How's the eye?
0: Oh, perfectly all right. How kind it was of you to take so much trouble.
1: Oh, it's nothing at all. Ah, it's clearing up, I think.
0: Yes, yes, it's going to be nice.
1: Well, I must be getting along to the hospital.
0: Well, I must be getting along to the grocers.
1: What exciting lives we lead, don't we?
0: (laughs) yes, why? (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. There was another morning. Coincidence, I told myself. I was having lunch at the Cardamor cafe. He came in. It was crowded, and he sat at my table. I happened to say that I was going to the pictures as usual that afternoon, and he asked if he could go with me. It seemed too so, so silly to say no, so so he did, walking back to the station, he put his hand under my arm. I didn't notice it then, but I remember it now. What's she like? your wife
1: uh Madeline, oh, um small, dark, rather delicate.
0: How funny. I should have thought she'd have been fairer.
1: And, uh, your husband? What's he like?
0: Medium height, brown hair, kindly unemotional, and, and, well, not delicate at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I believe you said that proudly.
0: Did I? Uh, we've got time for a cup of tea before our trains go.
1: Oh, wonderful.
0: Is tea bad for one?
1: Uh, If this is a professional interview, my fee is a guinea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why did you become a doctor?
1: Oh, that's a long story. Perhaps because I'm a bit of an idealist.
0: Oh, I think all doctors should have ideals. Otherwise, their work would be unbearable.
1: Oh, now, surely you're not encouraging me to talk shop.
0: Well, Why shouldn't you talk, shop?
1: I am terribly ambitious, really. Not for myself so much, but for my special pigeon.
0: What is your special pigeon?
1: Preventative medicine.
0: Oh. Oh, I see.
1: (laughs) I'm afraid you don't.
0: Well, I was. I'm just trying to sound intelligent.
1: You see, most good doctors, especially when they're young, have private dreams. That's the best part of them. Sometimes, though, those get over-professionalized and strangulated. Um, am I boring you?
0: I don't quite understand, but you're not boring me.
1: What I mean is this. All good doctors must primarily be enthusiastic. Must have a sense of vocation. A deep-rooted, unsentimental desire to do good.
0: Yes, yes. Yes, I see that.
1: Well, obviously, preventing disease is worth fifty ways of curing it. It's concerned with living conditions and hygiene. For instance, my specialty is pneumoconiosis. Oh dear. (laughs) Well, don't be alarmed. It's simpler than it sounds. It's nothing but a slow process of fibrosis of the lung due to the inhalation of particles of dust.
0: You suddenly look much younger. Do I? Almost like a little boy.
1: What made you say that?
0: I don't know. Yes. Yes, I do. Tell me. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, I, I couldn't really. You were saying something about inhaling dust?
1: Oh, y- yes. Uh, the inhalation of coal dust. That's one specific form of the disease. It's called anthracosis.
0: What are the others?
1: Uh... Calicosis, that comes from metal dust. Uh, steelworks, you know.
0: Oh yes, yes, of course, steelworks.
1: And silicosis, that's stone dust. Gold mines.
0: I see. Oh, there's your train. Yes. You mustn't miss it. No. What's the matter?
1: (laughs) Nothing. Nothing at all, really.
0: It's been very nice. I've enjoyed my afternoon enormously.
1: I'm so glad. So have I. I apologize for boring you with these long medical terms.
0: Oh, I feel dull and stupid not being able to understand more.
1: Shall I see you again?
0: Your train is the other platform, isn't it? You'll have to run.
1: Shall I see you again?
0: Yes, of course. Perhaps you'd like to come over to Ketchworth one Sunday. We'd be delighted to...
1: Please, please. What is it? Next Thursday, the same time.
0: No, no, I I couldn't possibly. uh...
1: Please, I ask you most humbly.
0: You'll miss your train. All right. Run. Goodbye. I'll be there.
1: Oh, thank you, my dear.
0: I stood there watching the red light of his train disappear. Something clutched at my heart and a chill of fear passed around me. Fred. Yes, dear? Fred, I had lunch with a strange man today. He took me to the movies. Oh, good for you. He's awfully nice. He's a doctor. Fine. I say,
1: darling, it was Richard III who said, My kingdom for a horse, wasn't it?
0: Yes, darling. Oh, I wish he hadn't. He spoiled my whole crossword puzzle. He was waiting early Thursday morning when I arrived. We went to the movies again, afterwards to the park and the lake. It was a, it was a mad a wonderful afternoon. I felt like a young girl again. And, and then later we were walking back to the station hand in hand for tea. Milk And sugar.
1: Thank you. You know what's happened, don't you?
0: Yes. Yes, I do.
1: I've fallen in love with you.
0: Yes, I know.
1: Tell me. Honestly. Please tell me honestly. What I believe is true.
0: What do you believe?
1: That it's the same with you. That you've fallen in love too.
0: It sounds so silly. Why? I know you so little.
1: It is true, though, isn't it?
0: Yes, it's true.
1: Oh, Laura.
0: No, Alec, please, please. We must be sensible. Please help me to be sensible. We must forget we've said what we've said. Not yet.
1: Not quite yet.
0: But we must, don't you see?
1: Listen, it's too late now to be sensible as all that. It's too late to forget what we've said, because we know. We've both of us known for a long time.
0: How could you say that? I've only known you for four weeks. We only talked for the first time last Thursday week.
1: Last Thursday week? Has it been a long time for you since then? Answer me truly. Yes. How... How often did you decide that you were never going to see me again?
0: Several times a day. So did I. Oh, Alec.
1: I love you. I love your wide eyes. The way you smile. And your shyness. The way you laugh at my jokes.
0: Please, don't.
1: I love you. I love you. You love me too. It's no use pretending that it hasn't happened, because it has.
0: Yes, it has. But it must stop here. We're neither of us free. Free to love each other, No, there's too much in the way. There's still time if we control ourselves and behave like sensible human beings. There's, there's still time to...
1: There's no time at all. There's your train. Yes.
0: I'll come over to the platform with you.
1: Oh, Laura.
0: No, Alec. Not here. Someone will see.
1: I love you so.
0: Goodbye. I stared out of the railway carriage window into the dark and watched the dim trees, the telegraph posts sliding by, and through them I saw Alec and me. Alec and me, just a, a little younger than we are now, but just as much in love and with nothing in the way. I saw us in Paris in a box at the opera, and then we were in Venice, drifting along the Grand Canal in a gondola to the sound of mandolins coming across the water. I saw us looking over the side of a ship, at the sea and the stars, standing on a tropical beach in the moonlight with palm trees sighing over us, and then and then the palm trees changed into those pollarded willows by the canal just before the level crossing, and all the silly dreams disappeared, and I got out at Ketchworth and walked home, quiet, soberly, and without wings. ...without any wings at all. i have afraid, my dear, that meek was a misery. I went through it in a sort of trance. How odd of you not to have noticed that you were living with a stranger in the house. Thursday came at last. I'd arranged to meet Alec outside the hospital at 12.30. Hello.
1: Hello. I thought you wouldn't come. I've been thinking all week that you wouldn't come.
0: I didn't mean to, really, but here I am. We went to the Royal Hotel for lunch. It all seemed very grand. He actually ordered a bottle of champagne and... When I protested, he said we were only middle-aged once. (laughs) As we were going out together, he he said that he has a surprise for me, and if I could wait in the lounge for five minutes, he'd show me what it was. Suddenly, out of the dining room came that rich, made-up Mary Norton. She must have been in the dining room all the time, and seen Alec and me, and the champagne, and everything. Laura! So it was you after all. I peered and peered and just couldn't be sure. I never saw you at all. How awful of me. I I expect it was the champagne. I I can't drink champagne at all, but Alec insisted. Alec? Alec who, dear? Alec Harvey, of course. Uh, Dr Harvey. Would you remember the Harvey's? I've known them for years. No, I don't think I have. Well, he'll be back in a moment. You'll probably recognise him if you peer very closely. So here he is now. Alec, you remember Mrs Norton, don't you?
1: Uh, I'm afraid I don't.
0: It's no use, Laura. We've never seen each other before in our lives. (laughs) I'm sure we haven't. Oh, how absurd. Well, I made certain that he and Madeline were there when you dined with us just before Christmas last year. Oh, perhaps. Well, I must be going. Goodbye, Dr Harvey. Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye, my dear. I do so envy you your champagne. Oh, that was awful.
1: Oh, never mind.
0: She'd been watching us all through lunch. Oh, dear.
1: Oh, forget it. Come out and look at the surprise.
0: No. No, Alec. I- I'm going home.
1: Oh, but you can't. I've got a little car out there. We'll go for a drive.
0: No, Alec. No. no let me go. I- I've got to go. I've, I've got to. Uh...
1: Laura... Darling, I've been looking for you everywhere.
0: Please go away. Please go away.
1: I've watched every train. I can't let you go like this.
0: It'll be better. Really, it will.
1: Laura, could you really say goodbye and never see me again?
0: Yes, if it helped me.
1: I love you, Laura. I shall always love you until the end of my life. I can't look at you now because I know something. I know that this is the beginning of the end. Not the end of my loving you, but the end of our being together. But not quite yet, darling. Not quite yet.
0: No, darling. Not quite yet.
1: I know about the strain of our different lives. Our lives apart from each other. And the feeling of guilt. Doing wrong is too strong, isn't it? Too great a price to pay for the happiness we'd have together. I know all this. It's the same for me, too.
0: You can look at me now. I'll be all right.
1: Let's be very careful. Let's prepare ourselves. A sudden break now, however brave and admirable, would be too cruel. We can't do such violence to our hearts and minds. Very well. I'm going away. I see. But not... Quite yet.
0: Please. Not quite yet.
1: I want you to promise me something. What is it? Promise me. That however unhappy you are and however much you think things over, you'll meet me again next Thursday. Where? Outside the hospital. Twelve thirty.
0: All right. I promise.
1: Train for catchworth is now arriving on platform three. You're not angry with me, are you?
0: No, no, I'm not angry. I don't think I'm anything, really. I just... I just feel tired. Forgive me? Forgive you? For what?
1: For everything. For meeting you in the first place. For taking a bit of grit out of your eye. For loving you. For bringing you such misery. Thursday? Thursday?
0: All that week, Thursday. Thursday, and now, today, our very last together of all our lives. I met him. We drove out through the country. We didn't talk much. I felt numb, sort of, and hardly alive. And then we were back walking through the station, my mind was saying, this this is the last time with Alec. The last time. The last time.
1: Are you all right, darling?
0: Yes. So yes, I'm all right.
1: I wish I could think of something to say.
0: Yeah. It doesn't matter. Not anything, I mean.
1: I'll miss my train and wait to see you into yours.
0: No, no, please don't. I'll come over to your platform with you. I'd rather... All right. Do you think... Do you think we shall ever see each other again? I don't
1: know. Not for years, anyhow. I'm going to South Africa.
0: Oh. Fanny. Your children will be all grown up, mine too I wonder if they'll ever meet and know each other couldn't
1: I write to you just, just once in a while
0: no Ellie please you know we promise
1: <sighs> alright dear I love you so terribly I love you with all my heart and soul
0: I want to die if only I could die if you
1: die you'd forget me I want to be remembered.
0: We still have a few minutes. Why, Laura, what a lovely surprise, my dear. Oh, I've been shopping till I'm dropping. My feet are nearly falling off and my throat's parched. Mary, you remember Dr. Harvey? Oh, yes, of course. There's your train. Yes, Uh,
1: yes, I... I know. Aren't you coming with us? Uh, no, No, I... I go in the opposite direction, uh, my practice is in Shirley. Oh, I see. I'm a general practitioner at the moment.
0: Dr. Harvey's going to Africa next week.
1: Oh, how thrilling! Train now arriving on Platform 4. The 534 for Churley, Legreen
0: and Langdon.
1: I... I must go.
0: Yes. We must go. Goodbye. I felt the touch of his hand on my shoulder for a moment, and then he walked away. Away, out of my life forever. And I prayed he'd come back, pretending he'd forgotten something, anything. I, I wanted to see him again, just for an instant, and the minutes went by, and then, and then I, I thought I wouldn't be able to bear it another moment. I thought I thought all I had to do was to, to, to walk in front of the train and, and keep my eyes up. I meant to do it, Fred. I, I really meant to. I, I stood there trembling right on the edge, but I, 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 t- I turned and went back to where Mary was finishing her tea. And, and then I, I nearly fainted. I... Laura? Laura? Yes, Fred, dear. Whatever your dream was, it wasn't a very happy one, was it? No. Is there anything I can do to help? Fred, you always help. You've been a long time away. Thank you for coming back to me. Oh Fred. You've been listening to Old Souls Audio. Tonight's production, Brief Encounter, was a revival originally from Academy Awards Theater. Featured in our cast were Sarah Golding as Laura, Joel Nesbitt as Fred, Jeff Clements as Alec, Jeff Niles as the PA Conductor, and Andrea Richardson as Mary. Brief Encounter was produced and directed by Rachel Rumler especially for the Sonic Society's Summerstock Playhouse. The sound effects in tonight's performance were from freesound.org and Sound Dog. Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto No. 2 in C minor, Op. 18, Moderato, was performed by Nikolo Markovic. Special thanks goes to Edward Champion for locating the instrumental music. This has been an Old Souls Audio Production. Until next time...